Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Squadcast. I am your host, Mr. Five Keys, and today I'm joined by Ndinonzi Manu of Instant Basics. And we've got our guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Aaliyah. I'm from Birmingham. Um, I'm 21 years old. All right, all right. So me, Manu, and Aaliyah today will be talking about a, a topic that I think is relevant to the times, given what's going on right now. We want to talk about Black empowerment, how we as a people, we can empower ourselves so that we're more recognized within the world. But before we even go on with that, I want to get, uh, get everyone's views on what Black empowerment means to them. So, Aliyah, I'll leave the floor off to you to go first. Um, for me, I think Black empowerment is more about building a community that has a vision that runs throughout everyone, basically. So, like, a same goal or mm-hmm. a same motive that we're all working towards. Yes. And, like, Black empowerment for me is, like not really wanting to be validated by other people or other cultures, but just wanting to prove within ourselves, like to unify ourselves, because I think like that's the one thing that we're lacking at the moment that we don't really, we're not really deep rooted into each other's like visions. Like we don't really know, we don't communicate basically. So black empowerment for me would be like to build more communities, to empower each other through like education, to really know what we're fighting for. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Manu? Damn, no pressure fam. (laughs) (laughs) Mercy. Bloody hell. Starting off the block hot. Yeah, yeah, okay. Kind of threw a man a bit off in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of threw a guy off. So, um, as you know, guys, from previous episodes, I'm a man of few words, and man is a man of few words. <clears throat> mm, mm, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. Um, for me, black empowerment is about us being independent yes. and us not being victims. I think a lot of the time, uh, we've grown up with the victim mentality. So, for instance, I can't get this job because I'm black. I think rather than us having that point of view, which is a victim card, we should yep. be independent. An independent guy, if they can't get that job, they make a plan. They try to bought entrepreneurial. Yeah? yeah. In the case of, um, if you look at the Asian community, the Asian community were also discriminated post-World War II, like the Caribbeans when they came to this country. The difference was um, the Asian community decided to unite, be yep. independent, and start yep. doing things for themselves. Hence, you see a lot of towns with high streets of Asian businesses, Asian shops. They're independent. They don't rely too much on the system. So for me, Black Empowerment is us, as Alia said, being together, uh, being united, having yep. a shared common goal and vision. So that's Black Empowerment for me. Right. All right, so I'll go. Like for me, black empowerment, as you said, Manu, it's like uh, if you if you look at the if you look at the Asian communities, um, yeah. it's like they've got their own they've got their own community. Like they find they can integrate with the rest of society where they as and when they need to. But at the end of the day, they don't they don't rely on they don't rely on society. So it's like um, for as much as like uh, you know chicken shop culture is something that. Um, chicken shop culture is something that's embedded within, you know, the the black youths of the UK. 
who's mm. running chicken shop culture who's profiting off that it's the Asian guys that are profiting off that. So for me, as a business enthusiast, black empowerment to me comes from uh, we as black people um, having having our own having our own subset. Like, so are you guys familiar with um, with uh, the Tulsa with the Tulsa massacres of nineteen twenty one? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so prior to that. What, uh-huh. what did black people have? We had our own community. It was a self-contained community, right? Uh-huh. Now, it's saying self-contained community, that's because, you know, that's when racism was at its overt peak, like uh-huh. peak, like overt part. So it's like, um, it was it was just like, you know, segregation was this and that and third. Now, I'm not saying in today's world, we should aim to, you know, just seclude ourselves to our own little corner and thrive in our own little, in our own little area. We still should, we still should, um, what's it called? We still should integrate with the rest of society. But I also don't believe that we should rely, like uh, on on the on the to be fair on the white man. Like if we're being if we're being real with what it is, like for example, um, corporations now due to um, Black Lives Matter protests, corporations now starting to realize that the buying power of the black dollar is what one point three billion something trillion mm-hmm. something like that. We're so like brands. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Imagine if we invested even like 10%, let's say it's 1.3 billion. If we even mm-hmm. invested 10% of that mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. into thingy, into building up a black community where we can employ each other, whereby <laughs> we can provide for each other, much like the Tulsa thing did, but the like the Tulsa the people of Tulsa did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and credit where credit is due. Shout out to my ex girlfriend. She's the one that educated me on this one. <laughs> I've got to give those shout outs there because, like, I'm not gonna say I knew about this one. <laughs> shout wow. shout wow. out to her for teaching me this one. So. <laughs> she's she's a now she's she a real one. Like yeah, from she was she educated me on it, but like on the real on the real shout out to her for that yeah. one because it's like. We uh-huh. went, there was a whole bus network. There was a post mm-hmm. office. You had our own airport. Had this and that and third. So if segregation was going to continue in the way that it did, mm-hmm. that subsection of people were good because they mm-hmm. relied on each other. Like I have a question. Yeah. Um, when you guys are talking about like you know um empowering each other in that kind of way are you talking about ourselves as individuals or ourselves as a community because i feel like what is being most promoted out there is not really unification it's more of like you know let's better ourselves as individuals so when we're talking about, and that, i feel i feel like that's where we also lack vision in mm-hmm. what we're really fighting for and who to who we're fighting for because i feel like we each have our own personal um experiences with um being black and the racism and all that kind of stuff we each have our own anger we each have our own emotions so when we're now coming together what vision is it that we're seeing are we trying to empower ourselves are we trying to empower community because really and truly life is not just about us fighting for ourselves and also fighting for the younger generation we're fighting for our younger brothers our children and all that kind of stuff that can't really happen if we're trying to empower ourselves as individuals so on my for me personally i feel like we i think it's a both thing but for yeah. right now like let's see what am i i'm 19 
the top end, we've got Man U's 26, and then Ali, you said you got 21, 22, I believe you said. 21, yeah. 21. So sorry, my memory's horrible. But it's, um... Don't get a ghost age wrong, fam. Don't get a ghost age wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but Eddie, like, we're, like, we're here, we're living now. As much as we would all be considered as part of the youngest generation we're the we're the generation that's about to go in and take over right um from from our parents previous generation so i feel like we need to look at how it is for us because what if we can fix how it is for we're not wholly fixed how it is for us but it's just like you know make strides on thing then as we better it for us that trickles down then to the younger generation which then takes care of the wider community if that makes sense you know, there's a saying that says charity begins at home, right? Yes. So in that mm-hmm. in that aspect, the only way we can influence the community is if we start on our self uh, introspection ourselves. If we evaluate ourselves first, yes. because mm-hmm. it's automatic. In order to make an impact out there, you would have to have what fixed yourself first. Yes. So it's both. Regardless of how we go about it, it's actually both. In terms of educating. Uh, let's say we go on the perspective of ed- as black people educating ourselves. Not mm-hmm. only will it benefit us individually, but it will benefit the community because the first thing we like to do when educated is tell everyone, oh my God, like in Sandler's case, his ex-girlfriend told him yes. because she learned something. She mm-hmm. then learned from her like, oh, this is happening. We're now on this platform on a podcast where a lot of people are listening. Yeah. Sandra wouldn't be able to say that knowledge if he hadn't educated himself first. Yes. So mm-hmm. I think in terms of empowerment, it will it goes in the short term ourselves. In the long term, it will then trickle down to the community. In the long term, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Yeah, which which to be fair, it's like it's it's one of it's one of them ones where it's just kind of like things trickle down, like. I can't, but I feel like empowerment, all things to do with empowerment start with education. To yeah. Piggyback off what Manu said. It starts with knowing where we came from. And it's a whole thing because um, no matter what, no matter what, it seems like no matter what level or what curriculum of school you went through, like me, I went through the school system here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you Did you both go through the school system here? Yeah, the secondary school, the secondary school system. Did you all have? Oh, yeah, big, yeah, so we all had that experience. What year seven, year eight, when slavery came up? Yep. Just like, <laughs> yeah, and everyone looked at you as if to invoke to invoke a reaction. Like, yep. the I feel like step one of empowerment is yes, fine. Teach that, cool. Um, teach that, like, fine, cool. This part of our history, it happened. It's fucked up, but it happened right but it's the but the issue that there that prevails now is that that is where the education starts but that's also where the education stops they don't go back further to before then when they say oh like our black people came from what came from royalty like i can't remember who wrote who wrote the letter back to the british parliaments back in what 19th 18th century but you know that letter where this guy says, um, I write to you to report that the that the people of Af- Africa are most prosperous people. Yep. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they are living like, they, they're doing fine without us. In, in some facets, they might be doing better than us. 
but mm. what was what was it that what was it that he said in the letter? He said, "Oh, identity." Way, yeah, he's but he said the yeah. way in which we can you know enslave these people is what in the, taking away their identity, take away their identity, make them believe that we are better than them, and they'll subject themselves to us. Mm. The empowerment starts in the mind. The more you know about yourself, yep. the more you are, the more you are secure in your identity, the more you can go out and be thinking. Like uh, do you both know Dr. Umar? Mm-hmm. Dr. Umar Johnson. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is that is a man who knows where he knows he's comfortable within his identity as a black man. He knows mm-hmm. about him. As much as he may say the only reason some of the statements he makes. Well, aside from the ones to do with white people, because they are, <laughs> but the only reason some of the statements he makes are viewed as outlandish is because we, as a black people, have lost our identity. So when someone comes out saying, someone someone comes out talking very confidently about their identity and they know who they are and they're this and that, like we as black people look at them as like, oh, all right, fam, relax. Okay, but then that brings on the question of the use of the N word. Then, like, th- does that empower us? empower us or that does that like disempower us in the way that we use it because we say that um by us saying it we're trying to claim back that word and all that kind of stuff like what is that really doing to our community then Manu? okay that's a very good question i think the first thing we'd have to look at is originally what was the word meant for who came up with the word i think that's one of the things you have to look at obviously the what we know is what we've been taught is it was a way for white people to degrade us. Mm-hmm. So what we're taught is that word, uh, the N-word. Okay, I'll, I'll say the N-word because there's a reason. There's a reason I want to say this. So the word Negro, yes. the way we know about it was <laughs> to degrade us as slaves. Now, legend, I, I'll say this with quotation marks. Now, legend has it that that word was there to make fun of a previous word that was there called Negus, N-E-G-U-S, yes. which means in an Ethiopian language, a queen, a black queen, a black king, mm-hmm. which is the total complete opposite. So some people say the N-word which you're accustomed to Negro was there to mock the word Negus. So I think it's one of those things we have to get such knowledge. Once we have that knowledge, then we can then discuss and then come to a conclusion and say, okay, why should we then, instead of using nigger, call ourselves niggers? Yo, my niggers. Ali am my niggers. Sandler my niggers. The royal but title then, in the Eritrean. But then, doesn't, if you don't know where the word came from and, mm-hmm. and because of past histories, whether legend or not legend, mm-hmm. if we don't really know where the word came from, like where it originates from, and mm-hmm. because of what it is linked to as well, the traumatization of it all, isn't yes. it better to not say the word? Like, I, I was speaking to what's it called to, to a few of my co-workers and he's white and he was telling me that he was having his own um we were having a discussion about it. Then he was just like, I don't I don't want my people saying it, but I also feel like you guys shouldn't say it as well because of that what that word represents. And to me it got me thinking that looking at the word in itself, right? If our if our ancestors heard us using that word based on the treatment that they received off of it, they would feel offended and it would be yeah, like it would degrade them as well. It's because because like this was used to torment us and now you're just using it for fun and if we don't really know where that word came from and based on everything that has happened because of it is it better to not just say it to just leave it as a part of history to educate ourselves on it but not to use it 
as a thing of like joy and stuff because me myself like I used to use it and all that kind of stuff and then I started to learn more about it and then when I started to work with white people and I was hearing their viewpoints on it and everything like that like it got me to research the word and I just came to the conclusion that it means too much for me to just throw it around and then when I catch myself saying it I have to stop myself because it's like yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it holds too much history and too much value for it to be yeah, yeah. So often. Mm-hmm. Sorry, can I jump in? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you meant to come in. Um, I think you ve- you raise very valid points. What kind of confuses me is I've seen interviews where Martin Luther King does, and mm-hmm. he continuously uses that word the Negro community, Negro community. That kind of threw me off. Like, oh, I thought that's what you were fighting against. Right. So mm-hmm. that kind of confused me. That kind of threw me back a little bit. And mm-hmm. um I think uh, but doesn't that work with the environment that you're in, though? Because in that environment, yeah. they mm-hmm. did, did not have as much education as we do. So they could, they could, in a way, have a leeway of using it in that kind of context because they're not where we are now. What we're trying to do now is trying uh, to put the things of the past in the past, keep it as past, history, yeah. not to uh, repeat history. So for us uh, to continue in the way that we are is not very wise considering the, the times that we're living in. Because right now, right, we're trying to allow more p- to educate other people to let the white community know that what they're doing is wrong to take mm-hmm. away the systematic racism and all that kind of stuff but we mm-hmm. can't ourselves make a move forward when we're still living in the past and still kind of bringing up the past if that makes sense mm-hmm. like we're not we're not forgiving mm-hmm. and though that's that's a heavy term to use that's what we should do if we really and truly want to move forward from it so it's letting our children know that look at what that word says Let's uh-huh. not just throw it out there. Let's remember it as a part of history that changed uh-huh. history, that made history so traumatic. Uh-huh. And if our if our grandparents were here to were here to hear all of this, like yeah, it wouldn't bode well with them. Yeah, yeah. Like, on the term of on the point of like we need to forgive. I'm not going to dispute that. Like we do, yes, need to forgive. But at the same time, I feel like the burden of forgiveness i'm going to call it the burden of forgiveness purely because i that goes back to the point i'm making now like self-education is there fine but not everyone's going to be educating themselves like you look at the double standards of uh slavery it was 400 years ago fam come on now uh that guy, that guy got killed by police i uh, we shouldn't have resisted arrest like that was two weeks ago you guys will be all right <laughs> 9-11, don't ever forget. Don't even, don't make any jokes towards it. Don't even, don't even think Holocaust. about the Holocaust. You're going to learn about it and you're going to know about it. Like, why is it that if I was to just go off the, if I was to just go off the school systems and everything that's put in place now, why do I know more about Jews and what they were, what they were subjected to than I know about myself and my own people? like forgiveness yes that needs to happen Uh but at the same time forgiveness can happen when what happened in the past is acknowledged and acknowledged properly not just Uh this happened but then you know you lot were freed so get over it rather Uh this happened right um and but it's one is one of them was where history is history is uh, written by the victor yeah and i was i was going to say to that that's that 
that's the paradox that we live in though because the way you said it was correct right but what we don't realize as well that is right in front of our faces is that the ones that we're calling out to and the ones that we're fighting to basically they're so it's not even that they're ignorant anymore because it's past the point of being ignorant mm-hmm. it's more of the fact of like they just don't want to change and i yes. feel like that's something that we're not acknowledging very much because if really and truly they cared about us and the way they're supporting us is basically laughing in our faces and mm-hmm. saying that you know the system is not going to change but we're going to go ahead and pretend to support you you know yep. include you in the movies make you one of the biggest faces out there including the color all that kind of stuff right but if they really and truly wanted equality and freedom and all that kind of stuff they would have done it a long time ago it's the fact of that they do not want to change so what then do we do do we still carry on fighting to a war that's never going to move or do we ourselves try to change the system and try to place ourselves in situations or in places that are going to allow us to change the system in our favor because at the end of the day they're not really listening to us are they because we've been shouting and screaming the same things for so long to so then let me raise the question then like how how do we then go about that how do we then initiate this change by ourselves if they don't want to initiate the change themselves i think the way to do that right i think number one um problem is black people are not united we all got different views of what freedom and independence is yeah, that's that's the first problem. We're not united. We don't have that one voice. Because we're all shouting different things, it's easy for us to be manipulated as a community. That's why we're very easy to divide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In black communities, you get light skinned versus dark skinned. Why? We're still black. Why do we African have African versus Caribbean? African versus Caribbean <laughs> wars. Why the hell do we do that? Whilst we're fighting, if you notice, if you go to a house, right? Mm. When people in that house are fighting, what do you do? You, you don't take them seriously and you slowly tiptoe out of the house and let them fight. Like, hey, this is not my problem. Mm-hmm. Let me just walk out. Mm-hmm. I think for a start, we need to unite. We need to realize that, you know what, guys, the system is disadvantaging all of us. Yeah, we need to realize that. And the only way we need to, we need to move out of that, as I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, is educating ourselves. I think the reason we also divide is because we haven't educated ourselves enough. There's certain aspects of history that they don't teach us. As a result, we're not educated in certain things. You know, the Tulsa crowds, the Tulsa bombings. Yeah. Not a lot of black people know about that. We are always told that in order for us to get uh, freedom in America, it was the white man, Abraham Lincoln, that freed us. That's what yeah. we're taught. But what people don't tell you is when that freedom came, Abraham Lincoln actually paid the slave owners close to 40% of the GDP of that country. The slaves themselves were not compensated. They're not given land. Uh. So they're not given anything. So our economy was already weak before we even started. The slave owners were compensated with the money. They never tell us that side. But because we're not educated, we think, oh, the white men did actually rescue us. Even here in the UK, the taxes we've been paying have been going towards... Funding. Yeah, up until 2015. So again, I think it's a matter of us coming, educating ourselves, number one. After we've educated ourselves, I think it will be then easier for us to unite because knowledge is power. It's very true. Knowledge is power. 
knowledge okay. is power. Yeah, and the issue of systematic racism, I still feel like we don't quite understand how systematic racism works. It's like, because the, the counter argument they give is, well, I'm also poor, I'm on benefits. So what do you mean I've got white privilege? And for us, it's hard to answer that. I've realized for us Black people, it's hard to answer that question. But we've got to realize that the reason why we're at a disadvantage, we never had inheritances from our parents or grandparents mm -hmm. because they were all slaves. They were all working to feed their families in Africa. So we never have that inheritance. We're always at the bottom of the society for a start. So, yeah, I don't know what you guys think. I don't want to talk forever. Uh, you, um, we say education, let's educate, let's educate, but how, do, how are we going to start educating ourselves if the system that we're placed in is already rigged enough, in, enough as it is, like the same schools that we're going to are the schools that were created by the governments and everything, so the mm -hmm. education that we're taught is the education that they write, right? Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. are we doing as black people to actually start educating ourselves or our children or anything like that? The ones that we see that are rich and have money, right? Those are mm -hmm. the ones who are remaining silent they're not really doing much all they're doing is saying a few words and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff you don't really see that many black people when they reach the top where they're mm -hmm. still so um concrete in the morals and values that they would continue on being that person who said when i get rich when i get wealthy when i have money or whatever i'm going mm -hmm. to give back to my community by building schools and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. we have a few people doing that obviously but it's not really widespread like that like we're not creating our own schools we're not really like how much are we really investing in education basically okay um to answer your question the first question was how do we get that education i think there's two ways we can do it. two common ways we can do it one i think things like petitions right there's pe petitions to teach about the british empire because british empires are not taught in schools the British Empire resulted in colonization, the wealth of Africans being taken to build the wealth in this country. I think that's British, number one. The do. British Empire is painted in the most positive light in schools. In positive like, light in gosh. schools. That's number one. Petitions. We gotta hammer on with these petitions. We gotta I think protests are useful, but it's just that they get ruined and stuff like that. But I think petitions online with social media, we've gotta take advantage of of this stuff, of the stuff right here. So I'd say petitions, write to your local MPs, your local uh, councillors or whatever. Council, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. also council, Birmingham council, whatever. Write yeah. to those councils. Lobby it. We have to keep putting pressure consistency. That's what's one of the most common methods. If you look at the LGBT community, right? They yep. have been going at protests. They have been going at petitions for years. They've been consistent. As a result, that's why starting in September, they're going to introduce same-sex relationships to kids. Regardless of whether you believe it or not, their yep. strategy has worked. Yep. They have pushed their agenda to that point whereby you can't ignore it. I think that's what is black people have got to do. We've got to push this agenda. Secondly, another method we could do, it's not as effective as petitions, but after school curricular clubs, like extracurricular clubs or something, we could still pressure council to say we want a community project whereby we educate our black people with this curriculum. We could pressure our local authorities to say, look, we need these kind of schools for black people. It will in a way, reduce, um, it's called ASBA, right? Antisocial behavior. Order. Order, yes, yes, yes. Because 
the removing of extracurricular activities in communities has resulted in higher ASBO what? crime yeah. or vandalism or whatever. I think putting such initiatives to local authorities and pressuring them is one of the most useful steps in bringing about that education. That's what I feel. I don't know what you guys think. So, yeah, it's, it's, long, it's long been stated that... Um, it's long been stated that the more the more like youth clubs and things like that that there are, um, mm-hmm. the less kind of because it it gives the it gives the troubled youth an outlet to you know mm-hmm. to like, know who they are. Yeah, it gives them yeah it gives them an outlet to get to know who they are. This is this isn't even going from a um, this isn't even going from a point of view of oh like. Um, they get to know who they are from their black and their this and that, but it's like they find a community where they belong and because mm-hmm. they belong to this community and are also being taught, right? These types of things are bad. Don't do this. Don't do that. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. They now stay less on that kind of side of, Oh, this gang poached me. And now I feel at home with these guys. And mm-hmm. there's always, there's a direct correlation like a, a strong positive correlation for those people who did statistics at A level, RMs. Mm-hmm. What is it? PMCC is one, but ignore that. Um, um, it's like the the as youth clubs close down, the amount mm-hmm. of kind of youths you find in gangs just mm-hmm. rises up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm saying. So it starts in a community to mm-hmm. to then kind of. Mm-hmm tear down these strongholds for lack of a better term mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know i don't know do you agree with that disagree with that well what are your thoughts Miss Ali, uh, what's your <laughs> <thoughts>? <laughs> um i do believe that when people are idle or do not have anything to do or they don't really have guidance or directions or anything to occupy them they do tend to do things that they're not meant to do that's just speaking as humans ourselves that when we're bored or whatever like we go and eat we go and do something that will just occupy us like something Mm -hmm. simple if you're speaking from a teenager's point of view or if you're speaking from someone that's like age 13 or something like that they are kids who need to be able to use their imagination they're kids who need to be able to just have fun in that moment to just be a child in that moment Mm-hmm. If we're closing down those communities, I do agree that the only thing that they have left to do is something that they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's just like a strategy that has been also like put in place. Like when I was younger and all that kind of stuff, um, there used to be a church near my house where I used to go. They used to have like um, youth centers, should I call them? Yeah, yeah. youth centers. They used to have like those game nights and all that kind of stuff. And you kept me... You, you met new people, you were happy in that kind of environment, basically. But then mm-hmm. what's good, it started closing down, that most of them were all shutting down and all that kind of stuff. There was really nothing much to do. Like, we have an imagination that needs to be used. But I feel mm-hmm. like now that they're, they're starting to give kids and children more iPads, more phones and all that kind of stuff to kind of, like, take away their imagination. Like, mm-hmm. they don't have ideas of their own anymore. Like, I can remember playing out in the streets, playing out in the neighbourhoods and all that kind of stuff and actually mm-hmm. having fun, like, using nature and all that kind of stuff. But now you're looking at a three-year-old child and they know how to use a phone. Bro. How is that fun? 
Like mm-hmm. you're looking at your nieces and your nephews and all they're doing is just going on phones telling you, you know, can I play again? Can I do this? And do that? go out and have fun. But there's <laughs> yeah. no safety in the streets anymore. Like we're, we're so afraid to go out nowadays. We're so afraid to let our children go out, especially black people. The way that um, they're being targeted and all that kind of stuff, America, England, wherever. Like you can't have fun outside anymore. Or if you're standing outside, you're suddenly a thug. Your bag has to be searched. Like there's yeah. no safety. Like it's it's starting to become one of those things where it's like it's more or less a prison in the yeah. community that we live in, and if there's nothing else fun to do, what else are you going to do? Illegal stuff because there's there's an excitement, there's a rush that you haven't felt in so long. There's a rush that you haven't felt doing something that that no adult is watching. Basically, like yeah. there's no privacy, there's nothing. Like you're just really and truly out there. And I feel like that's that's especially pressed on black people as well. Like we don't really have that much freedom, basically. Mm-hmm. And I can't really speak from a male's point of view, but from a girl's point of view, like you wouldn't catch me walking out in the streets. Like mm-hmm. it's not possible. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's many aspects to it. Um, as you mentioned about us being out there another aspect we tend to forget i know we're very much obsessed with getting education knowing our history but another thing we need to emphasize on is the importance of family values Mm. as mentioned charity begins at home because with a lot of black communities uh we don't have or we don't mention too much the role of a father we honor our mothers very well we do honor our mothers like mother's day women's day Babe day, <laughs> whatever, whatever day, I think one of the things we need to do more of is to emphasize on the role of a father because it's like you're expected as a dad to be there. We don't give the dads that stay there enough credit. Yeah. We, I think it's because we never reiterate how much of a role a father plays in protecting, keeping discipline within a family. We need to protect that. I mean, I salute single mothers. Don't get me wrong. I salute. But I think we shouldn't glorify people coming from single parenthood homes. I think yeah. we should over glorify. We should be promoting on the unity of a mom and a father raising a child. Of course, in a decent environment, not in a hostile environment. But Which... I think we should... Yeah. Which I'm which I'm assuming isn't to say that, you know, guys deserve a clap for doing what they should have done in the first place. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's to encourage. I feel like more more like encourage because we're not encouraged enough. It's like a trend of fashion to come from a single mother family, a single parent home. Just listen but to any one rap album. Yeah, just exactly. Most rappers, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. I think we should encourage, we should place, we should talk about the importance of family. That's what we should do in the community. Do you, not, do you not think there's an agenda out there right now to take away that family unit, to take away the nuclear family? And mm-hmm. not to go too deep into it, but in terms of like um, nowadays. Huh? You talk of like mass incarceration or sorry. Yeah, like in that kind of way. Like I was reading on the Black Lives Matter webpage, right? And they were talking something about dissembling the family unit, the nuclear family unit and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. like in that kind of way, like 
yes, we should place importance on um, fatherhood and a man and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like the agenda right now is not even to bring that family unit closer by. It's to, it's to more of like separate it. Like if you see right now, like there's the there there are going to be rights in the future where it's basically gonna take away the um the right to parent your own child. Like you're not gonna have that right to take care of your own child anymore. Private schools are being taken apart. Like it's yeah. it's becoming like they're mixing they're taking away something that that laid a good foundation of like children growing up in a in a nuclear family where they can actually I don't know, I don't know how to call it. But like what I'm trying to say is that the way how they're starting to bring in the individuality of, you know, you need to look after yourself, like, you know, better yourself in that kind of way. They're not really focusing on that family unit anymore. And they're now adding in so many different ways in which it confuses the younger generation. So many different genders out there, like so many aspects of life where you can't really unite anymore. Like. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I completely get you. I think Dr. Uma Johnson actually once spoke on issues like that. Um, he once spoke. Um, how can I say? How can I put this? Okay, Dr. Uma Johnson said when the civil rights movement happened, right, for equality for black people, he yeah. said that the elite, the top institutions, then decided to do counter campaigns such as the feminist movement, the LGD, LGBTQ movement and all sorts of movement. According to him, these movements have been put to distract the actual rights of black people. Not only yeah. that, but it's also for control, population control. Yeah. By promoting this kind of stuff. So it's not that I don't agree with feminism, but I think the feminism of nowadays and the original feminist movements are two different things. I said that to you, fam. I told yeah. you that. Yeah, yeah. It's two complete different things. Because back then, I understood people, women wanted the same rights as a guy, get paid for doing the same role. That, that's the original feminist movement. Whereas nowadays, okay, let me not dwell too much into it. <laughs> yeah, we're running out of time, we're running out of time. But Oh, it's not? Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll just finish off, finish off on this. Um, Shit, I forgot my point. <laughs> you know what for now because we're running out of time we'll wrap it up and that's to say thank you ladies and gentlemen for listening to this episode of Squadcast if the, if it does anything for you today let it stimulate your thoughts but hey have a good life in it. <laughs>